everybody, this is Aisha Michelle from You Get What You Get Podcast, and I want to take a moment to say that um, this podcast is a very emotional podcast, um, and if you have any triggers, any anxieties, um, and you are just not in the right place to listen to this podcast, then I suggest you don't. This is not our normal podcast. We are open and honest in this podcast. And while I know emotions are high because of everything, but the title of our podcast says everything. Um, So I'm not going to um, beg or plead for you to listen. Um, This is what we are about. We are about talking about the things that go on. These are our conversations that we have a daily, on a daily basis with each other. Um, we're just sharing them with the world. Um, so, again, if you feel any type of way and you do not want to hear this, you can skip this podcast. But um, I do encourage you to listen because there's a lot of things that are being said in this podcast that open our eyes, that may open your eyes to how we're feeling um so again we do appreciate you if you stay and you listen and we love you as um we always say and you're our friends um so again we appreciate you love you and hope that you listen have a good one Good evening, friend. Good evening. How are you doing? I am better than I was a few days ago. So that's something. Yes, it is. And friend, how are you doing? I'm good. I am. I've had to take some time and read. Some people do certain things to focus so they can um, clear their mind. So I have taken on the project of I'm going to fix my MacBook. So so I took it apart today um, and I learned a lot because I'm not sure if you know um, I bought that MacBook from the pawn shop um, and that was a couple years back. And I didn't realize then what I know now, since I've educated myself, that it was missing quite a few things. Um, So, like, the bottom of it should have, like, a certain amount of screws. It didn't. Um, My hard drive wasn't big enough, so they was holding it in a place with um, folded pieces of paper. Oh! So, yeah. (laughs) But we'll talk about that a little later. First, I want to introduce myself. If this is your first time ever listening to our podcast, as Erica would say, where have you been? Um, my name is Daitra Michelle, and I am one of the fabulous co-hosts, along with my other friend. And that would be me. I can't think of a name for myself today, so I'll just stick with my real one, Erica Nicole. Hi, guys. I would say busy. 
Yeah. Oh, that's my very busy, overly worked <laughs> friend. We'll talk about that later too because um, I still feel some type of way what she sent me in a message earlier, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's not like she don't have three boys that she's raising, you know, as a single parent um, and running like three businesses at one time, four if you count the one she added. And then she had to know nothing to say. Oh, friend. Invest what you can. I was going to take on major more joy of the workload. You have other things to take care of. Like you don't. He does. God dang. Okay. <laughs> I can't take it back. I said what I said. She told me to hush and I said that's not my way. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. No, that's not how I do things. If you are looking for us, besides not sure how you found us, but we're glad that you found us, um, please rate us wherever you're listening to us from. If that's Spotify, if that's Anchor, if that is um, Apple Podcasts, if it's Google, just rate us. Let us know how we're doing. What do you like? Um, you can reach a, reach out to us. I can't talk. On You Get What You Get Podcast on IG. And it's the same on Facebook. You can also message us personally. I am Daitra Michelle on IG. And Erica is Erica Nicole on all platforms. True. So what we want to start this podcast with is we are going to, um, I don't know if you, you want, do you want to do it at the beginning of the podcast? You want to do it at the end? The pause. We would be... I think we should do it at the end. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So normally, you guys, we try to keep it a beat. We try to um, come to you with what we talk about on a daily basis on the phone. That's how this podcast got started. But we would actually be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about the world we're in today. What's going on now? We talked about coronavirus. We talked about being quarantined. We talked about being stuck in the house and homeschooling our kids and we made light of a lot of things but we can't make light of the situation right now um i asked erica just because i wanted to make sure because we are two different people and we handle things different ways and i wanted to make sure she was comfortable in coming to it because it's a lot um i only have two sons in this fight um, i have two daughters as well but i only have two sons um she has three and she's raising them. So I'm raising mine, but I'm also raising them along with their father in the household. So that's different. And so you want to, and if he's black. So if you have been living under a rock, you know that we have been going through a lot with Black Lives Matter um, and about George Floyd and many others. And if I had the list, which I was going to get together, of naming all of the black lives we have lost, it's a long list. So I didn't know where Erica wanted to begin with the conversation. If she had something she wanted to say first, and then we'll go ahead and go into the discussions. Oh, okay. What I would like to say is God, this was a lot for my soul to bear. I 
I still haven't gone through and processed all of my emotions. The greatest one, of course, is fear. But I'm like trying to hold on to hope because there are so many voices speaking out now. I, friend, I don't want to give the list. I don't want to, like, I know they say it, like, say their name and say her name and say his name and Black Lives Matter. And yes, they do. But it's a lot. Every time it happens, it's a lot. But this time, like, I, I avoided watching that video. And you know how if you leave your sound on on Facebook and you scroll, the video just automatically plays. Mm-hmm. Well, the clip that I heard was him calling out for his mama. And then that hurt me a different kind of way. So if you don't know, if you haven't been paying attention, if you just choose, maybe you don't have a TV or or a phone. I don't know how you're listening to this, if you have neither of those things. But we are speaking this time of George Floyd. I'd, friend, I'll start with you because I'm still processing. So how did this make you feel? Honestly, I didn't. I, I didn't take it seriously at first because it was showing the video was popping up on my newsfeed, and if you don't know, recently I've taken the stance of I try not to spend a lot of time on Facebook, Instagram. I try to find other things to do because then I I'm wasting time because I'm scrolling all the time. Even TikTok, I try to you know I try to make those some of the things I only do once, maybe twice a day. And I try not to make it long. But the day I was just scrolling and I, I refused to look at it at first um, because I didn't want to see. Um, because you see so many other videos, you're like, but why? You know, you, you're going through that. So when I seen it and I sat there and I watched it, and I'm listening to it, and I'm watching, and I watch the full video. I watch them tell him what to do. I'm listening to the black men tell him, I've done it. I've been to the police academy. What are you doing? It's not right. I'm listening to the EMT say, wrong. You're not supposed to be doing that. Um, I think I was more or less shocked when I realized that he wasn't the only one holding him down. I was just mad at them, too. The, the two that you could see from her point of view. Um, and I like, they killed that man. Like, I, I, I really was like, they just let him die. And so I am an emotional person. Um, but my brain went somewhere else. <laughs> and it went to a place of, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of mentally and physically I'm drained. Uh, my emotions, um, my outrage is, it, it's a lot. Because it's like, this is another thing that I have to talk to my children about. 
And while we know that there are certain life skills we're trying to teach our children, especially me, because my son is 17. So you're trying to teach your children life skills. This is one of the ones that you wish you didn't have to teach him because he didn't do it. This is one thing you can't say he did anything wrong in. There is not one part of this that he did anything wrong because it wasn't like he was resisting arrest. It wasn't like he wasn't, he was moving around and they couldn't keep him under control. He was complying. And so it just was like, now I have to talk to my kids about this. And so I, it took me a while and someone had posted a video and she had exactly my feelings because I'm hurt. I'm upset. I'm tired. I'm tired of talking, not about it, but it's like, it's a, it's, it's something every, every year, every you know, few months, there's something that comes out that shows video of a white person hurting a black person and and more or less a man, you know. And I have to say that even though talking about George, I didn't know about the black I didn't know. I don't know where I was not to know about the black woman that Brianna, the one that was shot in her home, not the one that was here in Fort Worth where we say, but the other black woman, I I don't know where I was when that happened. And I'm like, was that on purpose? Like, God, did you not show me that on purpose because you knew I would feel some type of way? Because I feel like in a lot of parts that God protects us or shows us things in a different way to try to help us because he knows how our heart is. He knows how our, our thought process <clears throat> but I really did I really did go to that place and I was numb for a few days um, when I asked my husband Tim about how he was feeling he just kept saying he felt this weight like it was a lot of things that was about to happen um, and I'll say a lot of times I feel like my husband's spiritual connection is always stronger than mine um, and so sometimes he feels like the you know, certain things from God that I don't feel. Um, and so I'm like, this was it. This is this is it. Because you can't, everything that we're going through, everything that, that's going through, and I'm going to let you speak here in a minute, but I had to take myself to a different place because I don't know about you, but about me, but personally me, even though I'm African American and we joke all the time about how light skinned I am, <clears throat> I've never had racism to my face. My name is Dietra, and it's like that's a black girl's name. That's you know, um, and I have maybe been looked over because people don't know how to pronounce it. Or they just don't want to go through it, or they get to it and they may see that that I'm, you know. But if you see me in person, you don't know, you know, because a lot of people say I don't, you know, or what are you? My, I mean, my kids at for one point in time wasn't a hundred percent sure. And I'm not sure how we missed it at that time, like how I missed not saying that we were black. I mean, I had said it to them before as kids. But when we were discussing something, they was like, I didn't know you were black. Like, I thought you were um, mixed. I'm like, you've seen both of my parents. Like, you know what my parents look like. But what do you, how do you, where do you think I came from? 
And so, like, that discussion came up when my older kids were younger. But it's just, like, I've never had that before. I've never been stopped or had the, the only time, you know, I'll be like, am I, you know, is my insurance right? Is this right? But I've never been stopped th- thinking that, you know, knowing everything was right and they stopped me because of the color of my skin. But when my husband steps out this house and my son steps out this house, I fear for them. I really do. My husband can go up the street five. He's only go up the street. It doesn't even take him five minutes to go up the street to the corner store and come back. And I I find myself saying, be careful way more than I normally do. And it's not because I'm afraid that he, he could get hit by a car or, you know, that, you know, somebody could decide to rob him. It's because I'm thinking, what if he the police doesn't, you know, decides that he say he didn't make the right turn signal and stops him? Will there be somebody to, to stop and to record to make sure that the officer that's supposed to be wearing a body cam is doing his job right? So to say that, to say the least, I feel really uh, more responsible because... Now I have to tell my 17-year-old, I don't think you should go down to the park anymore, to the school. You know, I have to tell my little ones, just stay in the front yard. Don't go anywhere else. Because our, our neighborhood is safe, but I don't know what the people in our neighborhood are thinking now. Because we are a mixed culture in this neighborhood. So I, I think that's where my biggest thing is sits in my brain right now is that I've never personally experienced racism, but my children can because their skin tone is darker than mine. My son is two hundred over is at least two hundred and fifty pounds, and he stands five seven. He's a threat to people, other people in other people's eyes. His voice is deep. So when he stands up and he says something, he's instantly going to be viewed as a threat. And he's gentle. But they don't know that. My husband looks like he, he's mean because he has a beard. It ha- it's gray. He wears a hat that's backwards sometimes forward. He dresses in what they say it's quote unquote urban wear. So, I, I friend, I just, my mind goes in a lot of fear, and I've expressed it. My fear circle is even more because my son wants his driving license. He's about to be a senior. He wants to be able to drive to school. He wants those privileges. And I'm like, do I? Do I give him them privileges? So, uh, friend, it's up to you. You can, you can tell me how you feeling or what your next thought process. <sighs> okay. Try to do this without shedding tears because I've had at least 10 breakdowns since the 26th of May where my boys would come in and be like, Mom, are you okay? And I can't lie to my boys as much as I want to. I can't tell them 
I'm okay because I'm not. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So the five seconds of that video that I actually saw and heard, as I said, it was him calling for his mom. And immediately, Kinsley, Caleb, and Kimball came to my mind. What if that was my baby? And a police officer had his knee to one of their necks for over 30 seconds. And there was nothing I could do. How fucked up of a world do we live in that we have to see this type of stuff? And like, I was trying to talk to Kinsley about it because he has questions that I can't answer. And all I could tell him was, baby, I wish that all these pictures that you see and all these hashtags, I wish that all these pictures were in black and white and they were taken so long ago. Why does it have to be yesterday? Why does it have to be now? What the fuck am I supposed to do to protect my boys? Even if they are with me, what am I supposed to do? Because you comply and they still shoot. You're not doing anything and you shoot. You're in your home and they shoot. What am I supposed to do other than be fearful? And I can't tell them not to be afraid because I am. I remember when I I had to be maybe middle school when The Time to Kill came out. And my mom thought it was important for us to see the movie for whatever reason. And so we went downtown to the palace. And when we came out, there were Klansmen in their full garb some on horses, some holding rifles, standing across the street in protest of that movie. You're protesting because you don't want a movie to show what actually happens in this world. But here we are protesting because this shit is still happening in this world. That movie was set back in the past. 2020, we are still protesting. People are still dying unnecessarily. If it was a fake $20 bill, if it was a hot check, if he raised his voice, still no reason to lose his life. I can't. I don't want to imagine a world I don't, 
I don't want to say that. You can't use those words because you're supposed to speak things as though they are, even though they are not. I don't want to participate in a world, in anything inside a world, where I have to push my fears onto my children and possibly hinder their life and their growth because of things that are actually happening. I can say, oh, baby, don't go over there because I'm scared of bugs and you're going too close to those trees. I can say that, but that's me projecting a fear that's unnecessary. These fears are necessary. It's not one police officer. It's not just in one place. It is every fucking where you go. It is everywhere. And they can tell you, like, hands up. He didn't have a weapon. He wasn't fighting back. So what am I supposed to do? And I I talked to Anthony because, one, I don't want to have this conversation with them alone. We are co-parents. We should both have this conversation with them. And we're in the same place. He was like, my emotions are all over the place. And I was like, I really haven't processed what it is that I, like, I still haven't processed the vision. I haven't processed what they keep showing on that screen. And so there's no way for me to be like, okay, these are the answers. This is what we're going to do. Because I can't guarantee that that's going to fix anything. So I told him, and we agreed, we will answer what we can. And if he has a question that we can't answer, we'll just tell him. We don't have the answer. Because you want to know why people are protesting. He saw somewhere on YouTube the video of Ahmaud Arbery. And now he wants to know if people can just shoot you. Because it's not always the police. And by law, the answer is no. But in reality, the answer is, well, sometimes. And what a horrible thing to have to say to a child. What a messed up thing to have to tell somebody that hasn't even hit puberty. You're not going to war, but the war is right outside unless they bring it to your door. Please behave. Please be on your best behavior. Please don't touch anything that we can't pay for. Please don't go out here and start acting up. Please don't get loud. Please don't run off by yourself. Please stay where I can see you. Please keep your hands to yourself. 
if ever a police officer says anything to you, make sure you yes, sir, and no, sir. Please. Just stay with me. Because I'd rather them hurt me than hurt you. What a horrible way to have to live. What a fucked up way to have to grow up. These babies don't know anything other than the love of their parents and their family and friends. These babies haven't had a chance to go out and experience anything other than school and field trips and family vacations. And here we are having to prepare them for a world that is judging them simply because they're black. And I, I don't know how to feel other than fearful. And I know like somewhere there's supposed to be some kind of hope, but I, I can't find it. I, I can't make an affirmation because I don't even know what the positive is supposed to be. We can, I, I don't want to sing We Shall Overcome anymore. I don't want to hear that song anymore. Someday we'll all be free. I, I can't believe that either. We have been crying and begging and pleading just to be seen as human. And had I known what I know now, I would not be a parent. Because who wants to raise their child in a world where a police officer or some random ass white person racist white person I should say can just decide to kill you yeah that had to be the most (sighs) sitting in silence for 10 minutes is hard sometimes to have someone press their knee on your neck in a video that lasted 10 minutes, who knows how long he was on that man's neck before that video started because he was already on the ground. A slow and painful death. And he called out for his mama. Do you know how painful that had to be to be a grown ass man? being sat on by a police officer that showed no regard for your existence. And the only thing you could do was call out to your mama knowing that she'd been gone. The only thing you could think to do was call for your mama. And that's the part that kills me. I never, 
I never want to think that it could happen. But I also have to accept the fact that with the world we live in, it could happen. And I pray over my boys. And I am thankful for them. And I am so glad to be their mom. But friend, I am so scared and so angry and so hurt. Oh, my soul. But I posted it on Facebook and I promise you it's the absolute truth. Like the stuff going on in this world is going to dim my light. And I try so hard to be good for everybody. If I can help, I will. If I can encourage, let me. If I can make an affirmation, if I can pray, let me do those things. But friend, I cannot find it in my heart to pray for what? Because I know that God is real. But I also know that hatred is real. So what am I supposed to pray for? God, please make these racist people nice. God, please stop letting these people kill us. How far does the prayer have to go? Should we all pray the same prayer? If we can all pray the Lord's prayer, maybe there's a prayer to end racism. Maybe we should all be praying that. I don't know. But I, I'm trying not to let hatred take over me because I know it's not the answer. It hasn't solved anything yet. So I'm trying not to be that person. But it's getting really, really hard to hold on and be positive and think optimistically when every every new moon, there's a new death. I'm sick of hashtags and I am I'm so sorry that Black Lives Matter even has to exist. friend I don't know and I said I was trying not to cry I started crying as soon as I started talking and I (sighs) feel like sometimes we need that cry I cried with Tim and I cried when I watched that video and I probably pasted the link for her um, IG page because she um, KP's but she goes by heart convos and she posted basically what she was saying was that <clears throat> we have a right to be angry. We have a right to feel the way we feel. We have a right to to feel, you know, the way we feel. Like, we have that right, and you can't tell us not to. Um, I don't know if you read my post, but um, I have friends on my timeline, different friends on my timeline. Um, a lot of them are some of them classmates or old co-workers and some of them are new co-workers and I have made it a, a practice that I only let certain people that I feel comfortable with I accept their, their friend request on Facebook 
because we may not share the same views. Um, and so one person said, for in one heart, in one heartbeat, I was liking what she said, and in the second heartbeat, when she put "All Lives Matter," I quickly was like, "I, I, I don't know if I'm ever gonna comment on. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to work with you when you, if you don't understand." And then I, I made her understand. I didn't post it. They can't understand if they until until they've been through it, and so. While I am that person that you know, I I love I try to love everybody, and we joke and we have you know we say everything because there is certain things about each race we make jokes about, but this is not a joking situation. And I made one comment until you feel you have the fear in your heart to not wanting your seventeen year old to do the most teenagest thing which is get your driving license. Like, technically, he should have had his, his permit at 15, his license at 16. He should have been, been doing that. But, you know, it's like, now, it's like, do I want him to? Like, do I want him? And it's not because it's not even this situation. It's just, period. like, I don't even want them going around the corner. I don't want them walking without me. And then even then, walking with me, is that going to protect them? Because... I'm seeing differently than they seen. We can't play. Just like you said, it's heartbreaking to tell them don't play. And it, now it goes back in my head when we were younger and we joke about black parents telling us don't touch this, don't ask for this, don't do that, be quiet, children should be seen and not heard. Those things were basically things that their parents told them that their parents had, that our grandparents, our great-grandparents was telling you know them because why that's what they were told because they were raised in a time where you knew if you went into a store you had to make sure that you were going in for what you could pay for that you was making sure that that's what it was you don't cause a scene because then they could assume something and then it, it could be it spirals out of control and while we've made it a joke in saying that but it's exactly what it is it's telling them you can't don't go in here don't do this and don't do that and now it's like having this discussion. And why I had this discussion with Jonas somewhat, um, I said I was going to do a mental check with him later. And I was going to interview him and ask him certain questions to see what his mind was. Um, and my 13-year-old too. But I don't like having Hayden, who is eight, who just turned eight. I don't want her. I, I want to tell her. I'm kind of treating it like if she asks me questions. Because she's an emotional young girl, and she takes on. And if she sees you crying, if she sees me crying, she starts crying. If her dad is crying, she's instantly in tears, and she may not even know, but she knows he's in pain. She knows whatever's making him cry isn't right. And so it's it's my soon to be four year old. He knows if I'm crying, something's wrong. He wants to make it better. He wants to give me a hug, but he doesn't understand. And so it's like you're choosing, you're not wanting to omit what's going on in the world and not educate them on it, but you don't want them to see it because then them to have fear in the people, to have fear for every single police officer, whether he's white or black, because you don't know, you know, or for a person that you don't know what racism looks like until you've been faced with it. And you pray that they never have that experience, but you know it's going to happen. Being followed in the store, telling your son, my son who plays baseball, their hoodies are black. The hoodies are black, friend, for baseball. 
So the family dollar that he goes to or he walks to or the Dollar General, I usually tell him to take that hoodie off. Put it in your backpack or carry it in your arm. They make all kids put their stuff by the door at the Dollar General down the street from the school. You can't walk in that store with your backpack. But you know that you're looking extra hard at the big black boy that comes in there every day. Not to get to know his name during my shift, but hey, I need to know that make sure he's not the one that's stealing if something goes missing. You know, and so you're like, I can't be with my kids every second of the day. And then you get upset because, you know, you hear people say, well, these kids, I don't do nothing but play video games and they don't they don't go outside and they don't do anything. You're like, what the hell are they supposed to do? Because if they walk outside and they go around the corner, the woman around the corner may have gotten her her ornament or whatever stolen off her yard five days ago from some white kids but because my kids came around the corner she could blame them and call the cops on them and it could turn into a a horrible a different situation the police may be trying to figure out where these kids are coming from from just walking from the corner store those kind of things are what you are worried about and who do do i explain another thing that i am and i am tired of is i'm tired of explaining why we're talking about Black Lives Matter. I, I, it's not my job to explain it to anybody else. You do somebody, like somebody said, you have internet, you do your research. You look at history, the things that are not being taught in schools anymore. Because it makes everybody uncomfortable. Those are, that's what we need to be we're doing. What our president is saying, it, 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 I have to, and my pastor said something the other day, it's like words, we have to watch what we say, and we have to watch the words that we are saying with our heart and our mind, and if we're, you know, if we are a believer in God, we have to watch what we say. So saying, you know, talking against our president is is really not doing us anything is not doing anything excuse me great for us but at the same time the words that he are saying it's like this is what you wanted like this is this is what the world is right now is what he's saying for every there is no facts that everything is lies and then you're trying to teach your children to respect you're supposed to have being a president being being anything like anything in that power is something you want your kids to strive for. You want your kids to be lawyers and doctors and astronauts and these things. You know, be president, do this, but then you're like, look at the what they're leaving you. Look at what they're doing. You know, is my child going to make it past 17? It's like, is my will my child be able... I have grandchildren because... That's one of those fears of the children that we've lost by police officers that they won't never be able to carry on. They're our future. And so it's like, it's a thing where now it's like my sister and my brother-in-law want to have, they want to have children. But do you now? Do you? Is this what you want to bring? Is this what this is? What we're doing, I agree with you, friend. I wholeheartedly agree with you. If I had known what I know now, I would be a motherless child. 
you know, I I wouldn't. I mean, you know, I would be a, a you know, I would be mother. I wouldn't be a mother. I I, I wouldn't have a kids. Period. So it's a lot, and I I really want people to take from this podcast more than less than anything is that it's okay not to be okay. You don't have to be. You don't have to be okay for everybody else if you're not okay. I wanted you to get that out. I wanted you to cry. I want you to think these things through because it's okay. I'm not looking for your affirmations every day. I love your affirmations because like I've said before in the past, I don't I don't do those things. That's not in me. But I also know that it's going to take you some time to get there because you have to mentally process it. And I'm not saying I'm not walking around in fear that I don't fear these things because my son, my son has to start work soon. We have to go to Arlington to drop him off and pick him up. And we have to go in the day and we have to go at night. And so I'm at a point where the daytime could be good, but the nighttime could be different, you know, and my husband may be the one to take him and pick him up. It's, it's a lot to take in, you know, it's like, I want to sit down and have a discussion with my kids. I want to have an open forum and allow them to speak how they feel and how are they, what are they thinking, you know, but you don't want to take their childhood away from them and giving them a responsibility. You also want to know what your child is thinking, because I know my child, when he gets mad, he gets upset about certain things. His instincts is to walk away. So teaching him that if the police say something to you, whether you think it's right or wrong, you have to stand there in that and saying yes, sir, or no, sir, or yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am. You know, but to know that you could be, he could be sitting in his home and a police officer can walk in and shoot him is another thing, too. Like, he's not safe anywhere. So, I think my my biggest take is that I basically wanted to talk about this because I it's a discussion that has to be had, and I've never been that person. I'm not a protester by any means, and that's just personally who I am because I feel like I understand why you know people are protesting. But the change comes when the voting comes, when we are putting people in place that deserve to be there to help us make these changes, and if we don't do that, then it's going to be the same thing. Calling people out on what they're doing is one thing, but now that we have to vote, we need to be out there. We need to have it to where we're out there so much that you know, the polls are, it's, 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 we make history at how African Americans are voting. When they ask you if you want to register, register. And not just for our president, but for the local part. Do your research. Find the people. Figure out who and what is going on. And I know it's a lot to do. It's like researching it. And somebody made a valid point. If we can research the newest trends on Twitter, on TikTok, we can go in and look for the newest items we want to buy and do compare prices on that. We can do the same with our political people. And I am guilty. 
But I also make sure I look at some things first before I, I, me and you, we discuss these people because some of our local people are people that we know. So, you know, I, I, I keep saying so, but it's just, you know, a lot of things ran through my head, you know, what are we teaching our children? What are we saying? What is the proper protocol? Um, try to let your children enjoy their childhood. The, the 2020, we're six months into it, and our kids have been through a lot. Our kids have been through a lot. Somebody put it in perspective. We had Kobe Bryant, you know, and no, no one could believe that. You know, then we turn around and they start talking about Corona. And then once they talk about it, then March falls and then it says, oh, we have to quarantine. And then we're like, oh, we have to stay at home and do homeschooling. And then people lose their jobs and they're losing their homes and they're losing, a, a, you know, people are dying at faster rates because of this virus and then on top of that black lives are being lost in the midst and it's not because of some virus it's because somebody doesn't like the color of our skin that's sad so I'm here to tell people that it's it's okay not to be okay and if you want to DM us or DM me have a conversation we can we can have an open conversation I have no problems with talking to people um, I have I don't have the cure all be all for it but I can tell you the things that I do to try to to be mindful and to take myself away from it and not to be angry every time do I agree and I'll stand for it like somebody said the rioting the looting and the protest are all three separate things because we are, we have been known to do peaceful protests for years. You just have people that are being, that are wanting to make us look bad and then being posed in on purpose to make what we're doing look wrong. But we, but African black people are tired. We are tired. We are tired of being pushed back. We're tired of being looked over. I could be in a room full of people and we all have the same resume. But if I go in there and that person knows that I'm African American, they're already then counting me out. They're just trying to make it look right. So I, I think it's just it's a matter of you want your kids to have a good time. You want your kids to enjoy what's going on, but you at the same time you're like, mm, we can't do that because I'm afraid that it could be bad. My husband is a passionate person, and when he says certain things, and when he gets passionate, he gets a little bit loud. I have to stifle that. I have to tell him no. You can't. You can't do that. They don't. Don't talk like that. When we talked about going out for our anniversary, friend, we talked about what we what I wanted to wear, what what we were going to wear, and he said he wanted to. He wanted white jeans. 
he went and found this blue hat with mm-hmm. um rainbow colors with the with the the T in it for the Rangers. And he was like, I could wear my Rangers jersey where we ever were going. And I was like, No, that's not what I want because I wanted to go somewhere that was a little bit elegant and that he could dress up a little bit. He said, but can I wear tennis shoes? And I was like, yeah, you can still wear your tennis shoes. We could just dress it up. And he was like, okay. But when he realized where we go, because we didn't go, because I couldn't get us in, because um, they still wasn't doing dine-in, he was like, I could have worn my Rangers jersey. But he didn't understand is that I wanted us to look like we can't, to say it the least, below. Because I've, I've, you know what? <laughs> now that we're talking about it, I can say we have faced racism. I really can say that we did it, but it wasn't like they said it or called us out our name. It was us trying to purchase me a wedding ring at the Zell's outlet. And it was the one in Arlington. And me and Tim went off in there. We were looking and other people were shopping and they were getting, you know, rings and they were having a sale and he seen this ring that we seen this ring that I liked and we asked these questions and so we was like, Can we pay for this ring outright without financing? And she told us no. We had to finance it. And she wanted to run our credit in order to do it. And we walked out of there, but we knew better than that. And she was white. Because you can buy whatever you want without having to finance as long as you have the money. But she didn't think we did. And she wanted to see what our credit was like. Because she didn't believe that we had the money to buy it. But I'm pretty sure the count of the people that was in with us could buy theirs right out without financing. We never been back in her since. So I think it where we leave this is that <clears throat> it's hard, it's not easy, and we don't have all the answers. But I, I, friend, I just pray that I pray for for everyone, but I pray for my friends and my sons and my nephews, um, for my daughters too, because I'm not sure who my daughters are going to date. But if they date a black man, it's going to be hard. Um, and it's a responsibility they have to uphold because, like my my sister said. My my brother-in-law drives a car with a little bit darker tint to it. It's still legal, but he can get stopped anyway. And so it's like those things you say, be careful. It's like, okay, really be careful. I have to say that every single time he walk out the door and it's a different meaning than what I was saying before. Um, I want to let our listeners know that we are going to try to start a series where we are we do interview um, certain 
uh, we do interview some black men and we will talk to some females as well, African American, just so we can get their point of view. We wanted to do our first podcast with the both of us and how we were feeling. And then we wanted to get, you know, other people um, feelings as well. Um, if you have any questions or suggestions, let us know. Is that all, friend? Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh, you guys. Be careful. Stay safe. If you are protesting or rioting or however you're dealing with this, if you're donating, if you're the one making signs, if you're the one posting stuff on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, do what you feel you have to do. Do it carefully. I don't need another hashtag. I don't want to see another one. So please be as careful as you can. That's it. I love y'all. And hate to sound like my granny, God willing, we'll be back again next week with another episode. We will be closing out with a moment of silence. Eight minutes and 46 seconds, you guys. So you can skip past this if you want to. If not, take this time to reflect, to pray, to cry, to scream, whatever you need to do. But oh, eight minutes, 46 seconds, starting right about now.
Okay, guys. We thank you. And that's the longest eight minutes and 46 seconds I've ever had. But I prayed in the middle of it. But you guys, again, we thank you for listening with us. Again, I'm Daichi Michelle. And I am Erica Nicole.